Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. But also, as well, of course, inside sports, fantasy football. We cover the latest news and trends in, of course, the NFL right there on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Of course, Joe Sorrow, he is Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check him out there and his company, Symblades, Symblades with the Y.com. Of course, also as well, Lakerholics.com. The guys at Lakerholics.com. The reason why we do this show on the weekends is Lakerholics Spotlight. And you can go ahead and put the spotlight on Lakerholics.com with the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom, and also as well, Jamie Sweet, right there for you at Lakerholics.com. Also as well, of course, go ahead and check out what they're doing today at, of course, Lakers and Five, Empire Jeff TV. Also as well, Lakers and Five, like I said, John McCallion Channel, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat, and the Lakers Corner. Go ahead and check out what they have to say each and every day right there for you on their channels. And speaking of supporting channels, it would be the best Christmas gift for us if you please like and subscribe, comment today to go ahead and get the latest from all of us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Well, it is the Lakers coming home with a team in green waiting for them in Los Angeles tomorrow on Christmas Day as the Lakers and Celtics. Again, I'm still kind of miffed that you know Adam Silver didn't, in his best wisdom, try to make it easier for the Lakers. Instead, they're the one traveling. Instead, of the Celtics, the one traveling. The Celtics have been there for about three, four days now. They feasted on the Clippers yesterday. So, yeah, maybe we'll go ahead and get a competitive game. Hopefully, we will. Hopefully, we'll get a Lakers win on, on Monday. But here today to talk about that after the big win in Oklahoma City and the changes that were made in the lineup with D'Angelo to the bench, Vando to the starting lineup is Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Thank you, Laker Tom, for stopping by on Lakerholic Spotlight. The spotlight is on you, my friend, today with the Lakerholics on this happy Christmas time. Well, it's sure nice to have a big win like that in the books to to make Christmas a little more relaxing for Lakers fans. Although in the middle of the day, you do have to deal with the Celtics coming in. Um Man, that was a great win. Um, Anthony Davis really put the team on his shoulders. Um, and LeBron James, I mean, what? I don't know what more you can say about the guy. To score 40 points, 
five of five from three, 12 of 12 from the line. Uh, he can play point guard the rest of the year as far as I'm concerned. You know, we do need to get a little more playmaking and a little more shooting in the lineup. But it's interesting because there were so many things that went right about the situation. Um, and we all know that over the 82-game season, it's really hard to not have a couple of big dips like we had. And, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully we can start a run now like the Clippers have been doing and the Celtics have been doing and some of the other teams have been doing. Um, I do have to say that four-game, that five-game stretch there, uh, or it was a six-game stretch, I guess, where we lost five games, um, really was fascinating because it was, it, it was like our formula of points in the paint and made free throws all of a sudden didn't work anymore. And what was odd about it is that why it was not working was that we were losing the free throw battles. We were giving up 10, we have given up 10 points in the free throws, but we were making up five of them by shooting better, by losing those made free throws where other team was getting free throws and we weren't. That's something for a year and a quarter now or a year and a third we've lived by and, and it's saved our butts many times. You know, it's a part of our formula to win. So going big, you would think would help that, but we lost, we lost the, this is a, just a weird game because we, sh we basically won the three point well battle and we lost the points in the paint thing. And we barely won the free throw battle. Now, part of it is because the Oklahoma Thunder are a very strange team to match up against, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, they are they're the best percentage three-point shooting team in the league, but they only make about the middle of the pack in threes because they don't take that many, usually. Last night, they were just un unbelievable in the first half, the first quarter especially. Um, what this all comes down to is what did we learn from last night's game? We learned that if LeBron James and Anthony Davis play at the very best, that there's no duo in the league that really can compete with them. Um, I, I saw some analysts saying that, you know, the Lakers could have won with anybody as the backup, as the rest of the roster. That wasn't really true because other than Jackson Hayes, who from the eye test played terrible, but from the stats had the best uh, plus minus of anybody in the team. Everybody else on the team had a great game. You don't often have a situation like that. Do you know that the best five net ratings for last night were the five guys who started? The best five defensive ratings last night for players were the five guys that the Lakers started. The guys who had negative net ratings were the three reserves. Yet those three reserves had three of the best five offensive ratings and they've racked up 47 points against 26 for the bench from the thunder. That was a big part of the win. Um, great defense from the starters and great shooting off of the bench, you know? Um, so it was a, it was one of those anomaly games that you can't really say. I, I, there were one of the, one of the guys on Twitter who's, who's who I really like basically said that, the big worry about this game was that the Lakers would shoot really well, shoot better than they can sustain, you know, 
and Darvin Hammond would be a hero, and they'd keep playing this lineup, and it'd, and it'd take us another month to finally get to something that was going to win. That was, that was Sam Quinn's opinion of the whole situation. And and it's interesting because I, I think they the I think that we may eventually this is really points to a Zach Levine trade, you know, because it's LeBron. It's, I don't want it. You don't want it. But the simple truth of the matter. It's almost as bad as your Draymond Green trade. Almost as bad. <laughs> the, problem, the problem is, is that they made one smart move. And I've been lobbying for this for weeks that you need to be able to have LeBron just play point guard on offense and switch with one of the forwards on defense. And we have forwards in both Reddish and in Bando that can do that. We don't have to have both of them out there, you know, but it does help when you go big like this and you don't have it. You lose a lot of playmaking, but you get the very best playmaker in the world as the guy who's got the ball in his hands. And I think there's something to the whole thing about, I like making LeBron responsible for the offense and AD responsible for the defense. That's a great way to split up your A1 and A2 you know, players that, you know, you take care of this and I'll take care of that. And that doesn't mean you don't help, but because LeBron had the second best defensive rating of any of the Laker players last night. But this is a formula that doubles down because we don't, we can't, you know, we're not going to get the volume three-point shooting even as good as we shot. We only took 32 threes, you know, that's close. 32 threes is like bottom five in the league. Um, so we're going to have to win other ways. We're going to have to win in combinations of things. And the signs were all good last night. And, you know, it, the signs also said we need help. We need a backup center. You can't have AD play the whole half, second half of every game. So you got to have a quality backup center. Somebody, you know, Daniel Gafford would be perfect. You know, a guy who can block shots and, and offensive rebound and, and really throw his weight around. He'd be, he'd be the ideal candidate like that. And you need... Hey Tom, I, I think hey Tom, I think he would be. I think he's he's uh he would be top shelf. Another guy I think and I was speaking about this on playback is Gogo Batatse from the Magic. And he's only starting yeah, he, he played really well. And he's only starting right now because yep. uh Mo and Wendell Carter are hurt. That's why well, he's been a starter. Yeah, there's no question that backup a quality backup center who might even be able to start next to LeBron, next to AD. Like Gafford could start next to him. Olenek could. Olenek is not going to give you the defense that, but he would he would ignite the offense. Like I, I love, I would love Kelly Olenek on the Lakers. Yes, I would. Um. So you know, we we see that we have some needs. We need a. We still need a volume three point shooter. Although Torian Prince is trying to make himself into that. Um, he's averaging eight threes a game. And the one thing I like about him and I, I've been screaming about negative about him from the very start. And I've been trying to get him out of the starting lineup for like three weeks. But the one thing I do like is that he's not afraid to shoot of all of the guys on the team that will take a shot and believe they can still make it. Cause I think sometimes Russell gets to a point where he's just taking the shot. He doesn't really think it's going to go in. But Torian always thinks it's going in, you know, and it, and he'll he'll fire it up right in the face of a guy. Um, so you know, I mean, 
every player that's a good three-point shooter like Torian Prince at some point in his career makes that decision. Can I make the next leap where I can be the guy who takes the eight to 10 threes a game, you know, and he'll start shooting them. And then he'll either become one of those guys or else he'll go back to the bench because you can't, you, the problem is getting eight quality shots that you can put in in a game versus versus four quality shots. I mean, or two or three quality shots. You can in the flow of the game get two or three quality shots, but you got to be doing something special, you know, really moving without the ball or or really, you know, uh, being ignored and taking advantage of it in order to in order to take that many good threes. And when you get to be guys like Steph who can. Steph, if he wanted, could take 20 good threes a game, you know. Um, he may have to this year, you know, just depending on what happens. Although the Warriors now are on a streak. So hopefully the Lakers get on a same streak, you know. I thought I thought it was good whether or not this lineup, the lineup is not going to work long term. I think everybody just has to accept that and then just be thankful for the what we get out of it. And what we get out of it hopefully is – a really motivated LeBron who will turbocharge the offense, both with his scoring and his playmaking. And AD continuing to just be the the gritty, you know, play every game guy that he's been so far this year, as far as I'm concerned. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that, and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. And the thing is, is that we're not going to trade Reeves and Delo's probably going to get traded for sure. Well, wait a second. What you say, we're not going to trade Reeves? Reeves is not untouchable, nor should no, I don't he believe, be. No, I, I don't believe Reeves that defensive. I don't think we'd trade him for... I, we we trade him for Laurie, but we wouldn't trade him for for Zach. Yeah, I, I, I'm. It depends on who you trade yeah, him for. Yeah, but right. yeah, this this preconceived. There's only two untouchables on the Lakers yeah, yeah. in in reality. Yeah, I mean, we saw yesterday, Tom, because you were talking about the ratings, and I'll get you get Magic Man. I'll bring you on here in a second. But we saw Magic Man on Playback.tv slash Sacred Fast Break last night when the Lakers, you know, in that comeback by OKC, the fake comeback that ended up not working out for them, where were they targeting? They were targeting Austin Reeves. He was yep. getting picked on on each and every possession and will continue to do so no matter if he's coming off the bench or he's starting. Now, coming off the bench is a little bit easier to hide him as far as on the defense. Well, to hide him, and he can also take advantage of the other guy who's defending him. Who's well, if SGA is defending him, it's still not very well, much of an advantage. No, but when he comes off the bench, he's often playing against the bench player. That is true, and that, that's I mean, the that's thing. That's what you want him to. That's, that's what... Yeah. That's the big advantage of D'Lo coming off the bench. But yeah, I want to make—I just want to make clear yeah. that he, anybody who out there has this preconceived notion of him being untouchable is no, it, well, it's he's mistaken. Very, yeah. He's going to be played. If he's going to be traded, it's going to be for somebody who's really, really good. Well, it's got to be a significant upgrade. 
Yeah. It's got to really be a third star. Lori Markkinen is the only one I can think of that is really I, I presume they would probably, if they made a trade, if they made it, if they made a trade for Trey, because he's a point guard and and a scorer, I think they would probably give up Reeves in that trade. Um, I don't think they'd do it for for Levine. Levine just doesn't have enough. The price on him is so low that it'd be stupid to include Reeves. You wouldn't have to to get him. Um, well, and, I, and I do like I like I like Austin off the bench. And listen. I think just like Gerald said, you know, it's easier to hide him off the bench than it is against the starter. Yeah. And there's fewer bench guys that can burn him. Although well, there's a lot of six men. But in when the when he when the rotations come back around and Austin Reeves starts yeah. playing the starters when they come back he's, in, like he's, saw a that sea, night. he's a sea lion on a on a frozen piece of ice, and <laughs> well, uh, what a, bunch of, a bunch of 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 orcas are are coming his way. That's yeah, kind of what it is. The only thing like. that the only benefit that you've got with with Austin is he is so competitive that you know what he's going to do is he's going to take that guy that is torturing him at the other end and he's going to go after him and he knows how to draw fouls better than 90% of the guys in the league. And one of his weapons is going to be to get that particular player in foul trouble yeah. and to attack him that way. So there's always weapons and counters that everybody can use in his things. And, and what it really comes out to when you look at a matchup is who wins the matchup? Who got, who got the most points? You know, who made the most plays for his teammates and so forth? So it's not totally points, but Austin contributes in a lot of areas, and that makes a big difference. So he is a, he is a weakness on defense. And, yeah, you got to build around it. I think one of the things that I liked, especially about the rotations, was that we never saw any screwed up lineups for more than like a minute. I think LeBron was at center for a minute out there. Um, but basically, he didn't play Reeves and D'Lo together. He basically had AD and LeBron pretty well staggered, which is important. And when you have just those eight guys, when you if you cross off the five or six minutes that I think he gave Hayes, which I think he ought to give to Wood, uh, just simply because Wood can shoot, you know, and what we need is shooting. You know, if you got to put a big guy out there behind the three-point line, Hayes is not the guy to do that because all he's going to do is screen for somebody. But that that narrower, having a tighter rotation really eliminated those crazy, stupid lineups that that everybody that makes all you guys go crazy and want to fire Darvin Ham, you know. Um, I thought he did a good job with the rotations yes, last night. So far, I give him two for two on, on his major lineup changes. You know, um, it's sort of like you got to judge the changes. You can't judge all of the times when he should have changed it. Yeah. But like I've said before, fans and analysts versus coaches, when he had to make the change for Reddish, he made the change. When it reached a point where he had to make the change for D'Lo, he made the change. I think Prince falls in the category of, you know, couple of previous favorites, uh, Dennis and uh, before him, uh, Avery, that, you know, man, they're going to play. I don't know. I don't care how many minutes they played for another team. They're a, they're a 30, they're a, they're a 30 minute guy on, on Darvin Ham's lineup. Um, but, you know, I like Prince. I, I'm, I'm, I'm growing over to the fact that, that, you know, he's there. What, what's interesting is all of the money on the bench. You know, you got, 
Reeves. Uh, now, Rui is another good situation. This lineup and the narrowing of the rotation, I thought really helped Rui a lot. Um, and, I, and I and I don't mind his money off of the bench because we've always sort of slated him as a bench player. He could come in and provide energy. Um, and his defense is not good enough to start, really. I think that's where Ham is, and that's where the whole team is with him. But the other two guys on the bench now who are making a lot of money, D'Angelo Russell and, unfortunately, the guy who's going to be our version of Kendrick Nunn this year, Gabe Vincent, who's, you know, who's our MLE candidate, man. Our number one recruit for the year. Our first free agent, our top priority, the guy we spent the most money on. You know, uh, one, one. So you got $27 million there of tradable assets on the bench that are going to be traded. One little wrinkle I wanted to, to share here, Gerald, is um, I think AD should be shooting more threes. Not a lot more, but he should be shooting more threes. He is shooting. 36% now on his long twos, and he's shooting 39% from three. Shots he, mixed, huh? He's, he's suffering. For, yeah, it is, Tom. But it, it's it, it's almost as if he's suffering from the KG syndrome. I mean, he he can step uh, uh, a step or two back from those long twos and still make those shots. Yeah. I mean, it's very his, his release is very clean now. And it's almost the same as KG. KG uh, would take difficult 22-footers when if he stepped a foot or two back, it would be an easy 25-foot three. I think AD needs to do the same thing, Gerald, especially now with LeBron moving to the point. Um, and, you know, he's he's only taken four corner threes all year, Gerald. So AD knows where his sweet spots are above the break. So I, I really hope that... Uh, he puts it upon himself to try and beat Porzingis at his own game tomorrow. Well, he's definitely shooting better. And also here today, magic man, Sean Grice, the madman from Toronto. He did out Toronto traffic to join us on this holiday season. Uh, it's great to have him here. Such a great part of our coverage here at the Lakers fast break. I want to go ahead and say, you know, Anthony Davis, I know it's something that Zangerstein and I talked about, you know, and you, cause you know, Laker Tom has been saying, oh, yeah, AD needs to shoot more. We need to have the shooting five. We need that shooting five. And, you know, Zangerstein was pointing to Anthony Davis as shooting more, shooting more. But I'm like, he had just gotten off an 18% three-point shooting season. So it's like, okay, you cannot rely on that. But so far this season, he's picked his spots and shot well for, for now. I think both he needs mid, to continue. mid-range and from deep. I think, I think from deep, he needs to continue to pick his spots. Yeah. I think the more that you start relying on it, the less in returns you're going to get. Uh, I really think that if you're counting on AD to continue at 36%, if you give him a higher volume, I think that's uh, a very unproven, and I'm not sure that's wise. I think right now LeBron is shooting close to 40%. Actually, he's shooting above 40%, I think, with his 5-for-5 five five yesterday from behind the arc. So he is now that 40% shooter right now that everybody's been hoping that the Lakers have and your high and not a high volume per se yet. Uh, he's been shooting what four to seven. So I think that's pretty good, Tom, what you're we getting. Got, we got two and a half. We got two and a half shooters, Gerald. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Prince and LeBron are, are full, full fledged 
four or five. We shots. need more. And I know we need more. Rui, if he's out there, I think Rui needs to be given more minutes. He can give you yeah. four to five a game as far as that. The minutes were the there. minutes were nice on the last game. I thought that they were twenty nine minutes for Rui last game. Yeah, if, I, I, I like him up there like that. I, I think Prince needs to be reduced, like Magic has said recently. Go ahead, Magic. Sorry. Yeah, no, I agree, Gerald. I I thought Prince played the exact amount he should last. Twenty five would be yeah. Player. yeah, yeah. I right mean, there. he was effective from three. Um, the one little problem I have is that he did pick up a technical foul off the bench. What was that uh, for? He just mouthed off. He didn't like the calls. He headed to the bench. He sat down. I, I just, I, I'm, up. I'm, I'm, the I agree with, were, I agree with Phil Jackson. Not, they're, not, they're not helping us at this point in time. That's for sure. I agree. I kind of agree with uh, um, Red Auerbach and Phil Jackson in that sense, Gerald, where if you're not my best player, my second best player, shut your mouth and let me <laughs> talk to the refs. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Coach Ham had a word with him. It's like, right. You know, we were that can kill that can kill a run, Gerald. Um, we've we've seen it time and time before. Uh and um but that that was just a small, small little infraction. But Prince has played well, Gerald. Even that let the little slip there with Chicago and New York, his three point uh game has really been steady. He made a great block. I fifteen. Yes, he did. Fifteen. I thought it was LeBron at first. So yeah, I think Torian Prince needs to play exactly what you said, Gerald. Around twenty-five minutes. Me, you know, if he can keep him under thirty, he doesn't lose his legs. He he looks like he remains fresh. He's now at thirty-nine point two percent, second on the team behind LeBron. Rui, uh, after a hot start, what's his volume up to now? What about uh, seven a game? I think wow, that's, that's what we need. We need a we need a regular starter shooting seven to ten per game, and shooting them, you know, at forty percent, because all of a sudden that guy becomes, you know, actually I, Rui is at forty on the dot. So you've got three three players now, Tom, that are forty yeah. percent shooters. Still, the the averages weigh themselves down. They're still a below average three point shooting right. team, but. If you've got Oklahoma those three, City has so many shooters, my God. Yeah. Well, that's that's what they're offering. They're shooting 38% as a team. And they got like seven guys doing it. For guys, Nobody with huge volume, but seven of them. <laughs> it was a great victory in Oklahoma City, yeah. but the team now turns to Los Angeles for a Christmas Day game against Boston. Great game. So let's go ahead and uh, share some thoughts on that. Uh, Magic Man, your thoughts heading into Monday's game on in, for Christmas? I think it's something where Boston has had rest. They've been in L.A. They just feasted on the Clippers. All signs, well, all signs are not pointing well for the Lakers on Christmas. But then again, after coming off a great win in Oklahoma City, you never know, Magic Man. You never know. Uh, you never know indeed, Gerald, although, uh, although Minnesota does have the best record in the West, OKC did, does have the best point differential. Um, and the Lakers found a way to win by nine in their barn. So while I'm, you know, I'm with everybody. Look, if you look at Boston right now, they're second in point differential. They're a top five offense. They're a top five defense. They don't turn the ball over a whole hell of a lot. They have a tendency, if their shot isn't falling, to get to the free throw line. 
So they are very versatile team, both offensively and defensively drilled. I think if the Lakers take care of the basketball, uh, attack Jalen Brown, especially with his inability to go left, I think he's you can trap him and uh, create a time and space issue for Jason Tatum, although he's still a prolific scorer, one of the best basketball players in the world. Uh, and great offense beats great defense. If you corral him, you make it difficult for him. I, I think it's it's incumbent and imperative for the Lakers to challenge almost every three-point shot they put up because they bombed the LA Clippers out of the Crypto.com arena that afternoon drilled. They started out the game 16 of the first 18 shots for threes. I think and when it Cl- comes to Christian the Wood, The Clippers though. got hit by a Mack truck. So yeah. I, I don't think the but, – but I also don't think that the Celtics are going to come out with a similar game plan as with the Clippers because they don't have a defender like Anthony Davis. No. Sorry, Kawhi. Sorry, it's just, that's just the way it is. I don't think they can attack the Lakers the same way they tried to attack the Clippers, Gerald. But the Lakers don't uh, defend well in the perimeter, Magic Man. They give up a ton of threes. So if Boston gets hot behind the three, which they are programmed to do, is to shoot well, Tom, behind the three. That's going to be an issue for the Lakers. I do want to mention real quickly, Christian Wood. Magic Man, uh, Kurt was asking, is you know, because of Christian Wood, his disappearance on the team. I, I think as far as the, the D is a big part of it, but how well was he shooting from three as far as from the corner? Because he couldn't even side of barn. The really? shooting was gone. I, uh, I think, Magic, you're going to look that. Go ahead, Magic. Yeah. Yep. Don't worry, Gerald. I'm looking it up right now, but it okay. fell off a cliff. Okay. So I just want to make sure what, what Christian Wood's shooting was. Because if his shooting is not good, then obviously he can't give you yeah. what you need on D. Okay, so Gerald, so I have the the stats from um, November fifth. So at that point in time, he was shooting around, you know, forty three percent from three. Now he's shooting thirty um, percent. Yeah. Um, he's shooting twenty eight percent from the not. I'll pull. I'll just pull it up for everybody. He's shooting twenty eight percent from the non corner. I mean, he's just not a non factor right now as far he's as he's about twenty seven point nine percent overall this season. It's it's terrible. It's really yeah. bad. As you, as you can see here, he's got the worst plus nine plus minus on the team. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he is in. He's in the doghouse. There's no magic man. You called it. He he may still get a chance because Hayes is playing terrible. Well, that's that's what I said. I'm not high on Christian Wood because I have followed him throughout his career. But I said there's probably going to be one or two games this season that he's going to shoot you you to a victory. But then again, you have to deal with the other 80 or so games. uh, That who knows? It may be tomorrow. Tomorrow, as you never know. Well, it's got to be before we make a trade because once we make a trade. We have to get a backup center who's quality. So then those minutes are going to disappear for Hayes and Wood both. There, but this again, ready for Wood. part of the rotating minimum salary disasters that we've been pushing at center the last three years. Um, well, another good. another get a guy get a guy who really can do the job because we're you can't play Anthony Davis like this the whole half. Uh, uh, something. Go ahead. 
Something else interesting has happened with Christian Wood in the Lakers offense, Gerald. His uh, facilitating and playmaking has not only taken a backseat, it's almost in the rearview mirror as far as what he's capable of doing. All his ball handling and fumbling of the ball, he's like Kwame Brown, man. I swear it's, it's, it's yes, embarrassing watching I've, him in traffic. It's a nightmare, you know, it's like. Yeah, he's got butterfingers, Tom. It's bad. Yes, it's terrible. Once again, well, it's a good attitude, though. So you know, you like to see that. Um, you know, here's the thing that I think is really going to be a difference maker with the Lakers' perimeter defense, mm-hmm. and it's one of the reasons that Ham and his staff went to this lineup that they have. Um, they want to switch everything. They're going to go. We've always been a team that never switches. And that is partly because we try not to get guys like Reeves and D'Lo isolated. But now we have a lineup that's big enough and, and active enough across the board that we can switch everything, which makes it so much easier to keep the guy in front of you and to contest three-point shots. The problem is, is that when you get beat, and like, like we could not stop SGA, when we get beat and he gets in there, then everybody's doubling and scrambling and he's hitting those open shooters. But I think at the more that we play this defense with these five guys, the more I think that we're going to see a lot of totally switch everything. And the thing that's good about a switch everything defense is that that's what goes with drop coverage. Because drop coverage, you want to basically, you, you want to you don't want guys getting into the mid range. You don't want them getting into the key and, and putting the, putting point guard, putting our point guard on their, on their hip and, and putting them in jail and throwing those little floaters up over the drop coverage. So you, and to protect against three point shooting, you want to switch everything because then you've got somebody between the guy and the basket all the time who can challenge and stop it. So that's the big part of why the Lakers are going with this defense it's not a rim protection thing. It's not necessarily just a move to be able to have better point of attack defenders on the court. It's a move to allow the team to be the easy way to play defense, to allow your size and your switchability and your mobility. Because everybody, even the big guys on this team, are very mobile. They can switch. They can guard guards. They can block shots of guards. LeBron can do it. AD can do it. Um Bando can do it. Reddish can do it. All of those guys on the team can do that. We we saw we saw Prince do it last night. So you know this this ability to switch everything now suddenly puts the defense in sync with the big man defense. The perimeter defense now will be in sync with the with the low post defense that we have, and it'll make the Lakers defense a much more cohesive unit. Um, I don't think that showed because of how great. Oklahoma City was and how great they shot. Um, but I think that we're going to see that as we go into January and we see us play some of those teams that don't have a point guard that you can't stop and that don't have all of the shooters that OKC does. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, 
articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Magic Man, you wanted to bring up something, my friend? Yes, Gerald. If uh, we're just looking at uh, the Boston Celtics um, overall here, and there's not a whole lot they don't do very well. They have over six guys who shoot better than 65% from the rim. They have at least four guys who can shoot well over 40% from the mid-range. They have at least half a dozen guys right now shooting above 35% from three. So they have a plethora and a versatile group of three-level scorers that the Lakers will absolutely have to play 48 minutes of defense if they want to win this game, Joe. I agree, my friend. Uh, you know what? I, I always hate to say. When and they're going to have to shoot. Up. They're going to have to shoot like they did last night. They are. They're going to have to play well in order to get the victory done. But we'll see. Again, it is the Lakers and Celtics on Christmas Day. Uh, truly appreciate if you join us, not only for the pregame, but also as well, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break for a truly Merry Christmas with Magic Man Sean Grice and myself there watching the game. Hopefully you'll join us as well. We had Stone Hansen on on the last playback.tv, plus Laker Nick, Joe cursing up the storm as well. You know, the big Grinch himself. But before we head on out, guys, because uh, I don't want to cut it a little bit shorter today because of Christmas holiday season, uh, I want to go ahead and hear your final thoughts uh, for this year for the Lakers, Laker Tom. So uh, let's hear some thoughts as far as for your holiday season in regards to the Lakers and uh, what you need to get it done and also what you're doing at Lakerholics.com. I think the Lakers, I'm hoping this game is a turnaround game, you know, and I'm hoping that... Well, Kurt has the answer. He just said if LeBron scores 50 every game, we win. I'll settle for LeBron just beating his age every game. That would be nice. <laughs> okay. Let's <laughs> not get greedy. Um, I think that, you know, I uh, certain things always stick back in my mind. And I remember in the 2020 season when we took down the Clippers and the Bucks. Um, I'd like to say that I'd like to, I'd like to spend Christmas evening watching the 49ers play, knowing that the Lakers have just done the same thing, except this time the two teams that they took down were the Thunder and the Celtics. Um, that would be the way that I would like to finish the Christmas part. You know, and, and I think that the, I think, I think we're finally in sync, I hope. We finally have a starting lineup that is the best I think that we can do until we make a trade. It has its flaws and so forth, but what it does do is it doubles down on our strength, which is defense. And if a guys can come off the bench and score like the guys did last night, and if, if everybody can contribute, we don't have to have LeBron and eight. We're not gonna be playing Oklahoma City every night, you know? And the schedule's gonna get a lot easier as soon as we get done with December. January is a lot better schedule. We have a lot more home games. We're not on the road as much. Um, and as uh, the last thing that I wrote in Lakerholics.com was six trades that the Lakers can make right now to bring back 
a better center and a better point guard than we got now. So there's moves to be made that, that are available now that don't necessarily need to wait for the, uh, to wait for uh, January 15th because they don't involve players that have to wait till then. I mean, January 15th, if you're going to trade Rui, right now I don't want to trade Rui. And I'm not trading Reeves. So why wait till January 15th for anything? Those two Ruiz is going to be the strength off of the bench and Reeves. That's your core off of the bench right there, your sixth and seventh man. What you need to do, and maybe you push, maybe you keep Torian Prince and move him back onto the bench too. And you get a good starter to replace, to go into that starting lineup, maybe a big man. I mean, if they could get, if they could get, if they could get, Gafford, I think he would be perfect. I would start him next to, to AD. And, and if they could also tie that in and, and, and get Tyus Jones, um, he would be the ideal backup for LeBron as the point guard on offense. He can shoot the three, and he's terrific as far as ball security. Uh, five to one assist to turnover ratio. So it's a move like that that you can make right now, and there's several of those types of moves that can happen. We don't have to wait any longer. I, uh we need a backup center right away. That's a move that we got to make now. You know, you can't go in. We can't go another month without with with Hayes and Tristan Wood being our backup center. That's just not going to cut it. So I you know what, Zangerstein, you say you want Goga. Uh, Magic Man wants Goga. Well, he had an opportunity to go get Goga when he was waived by Indiana, and the Lakers didn't get him. So. You, know, you could still trade for him. She could still trade for him, Gerald. That's okay. That's I'd funny, give. Though. We have to I'd now give, pay. We have to now pay for somebody that was available on the open right. market. No, I year. know, I know. But you know what? I mean, I would trade two, two if they want three. Hell, three second round uh, pick I'm, for Gogo right now. He'd solve the problem in, immediately. Second round picks. I'll give as many as anybody wants for Adam Goga Batazzi is a former first round pick from the Indiana Pacers who's now playing uh, due to injury as the starting center for the Orlando. Gerald, not not only that man, not only that. This man is from the country of Georgia. Mm -hmm. Those that country produces probably some of the strongest men on the planet, Gerald. Okay. No, no, seriously. If you look at a lot of the bod, if you look at a lot of the Olympian weightlifters, Gerald, and the strong men in the world, they usually come from the Ukraine, Soviet Union, uh, Dagestan, where Khabib is from. It's a harsh harsh place that produces strong men. Goga is a strong man. Indiana will rue the day they let him go because they also let go of Daniel Tice as well. Yeah, again, it because it comes down to, I'm, I'm more uh, akin to the Atlanta trade that I've proposed now for a little while. So I think Capella, they want to get rid of, uh, and also as well, DeJounte Murray. Uh, DeJounte Murray. What's Capella making? How much is Capella making now? Uh, think about 20. I think combined it was going to be 20, 20 this year, and I think he's got an option on 21 the following year. Time. Yeah, but it goes away uh, a lot sooner. So, yeah, yeah, so not, yeah. But DeJounte Murray is a, is a player that I think defensively and offensively can, you know, do th- good things for you. Uh, but, you know, he's playing next to Trey, and Trey is taking up quite a bit yeah. of the shots. So, I don't know. That's just, just my opinion. I'm just throwing it out there. But then again, uh, you know, it is what it is with the Lakers. I think they'll wait. They will not get a 
do a trade. Nobody does a trade in, in, in December. So I just think at this point in time, we need to go ahead and be realistic that the Lakers will not make a trade until after January 15th. It's just that simple. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I think they'll make a trade in early January. I don't think there's a reason to wait. Okay. There's no reason to. Uh, We've heard these guarantees the players, from before. The player targeting has a sign of birds restriction. Um, they're, they're not like, I don't see them. If, if, if they give Rui these minutes that they gave him last night consistently, he's not going to be trade. He's not going to be on a trade block because they got other guys. They got other guys that, that they can trade Delos. There are teams that want Delo, you know, there are teams that will take Delo because it's hard. You know, the Lakers are going to have a hard time replacing Delo. They're just, they couldn't, they basically have said, they basically have said, we know we can't get better than him, so we're going to LeBron. That's the truth of the matter. It's hard to trade for somebody who can score and distribute the ball the way that Delo does. He's playing very well. And, um, and Gerald, it, it should be noted that, um, you know, the Lakers have played 70% of their games against the West. And their conference record is pretty damn good, comparable to the top six seeds, outside Sands, Minnesota, who's just right. I mean, they're. I think they're playing above their heads. They could win sixty games and be out in the first round, but I digress. But we haven't played a, the Eastern Conference yet, Gerald, and I think that's the that needs to be taken into account here as well. No, we'll, that we'll play Lakers... them. We'll play them tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the best. I mean, what, think about think about this now. Is this Anthony Davis? Is this a must-win game? I, how can you call this? He's already, a he's must-win a, game? He was a must-win. Yeah, game. he he called that one the must-win. This is, has to be a must-win game too, because this is a statement game. This tells you where you are, where you need to try to be. Or could it raise the ceiling of where you think you could go? This is an important game, and it's a home game. Coming off of the other game, lay an egg tomorrow on Christmas. Man, that's like coal in your socking. Really, I mean, you want a diamond or you want coal in that stocking when, you know, that's I – I don't want to go home. I wouldn't want to go home after Sunday's game. And spend Christmas night. You got you got to prioritize this as a must-win game. Ham has to play the same type of rotation. We have to expect the same quality of play and the same quality of effort from every single player, including LeBron James, who basically had the worst plus-minus of anybody on the entire team in the last six games before last night. So even though he was. I mean, it was like he just went on vacation after the IST, just like he did after setting the, the scoring record, you know? It's like all of a sudden, uh, you know, well, got to coast a little bit. I just want to go ahead and mention to Zangerstein because she's incorrect. Uh, Gogo Batazzi, when he was waived, was signed by the Orlando Magic on February 13th of earlier this year. Uh, when he was signed, the team had a option for a, you know, a full year. It was through for the rest of last season. 
And then also for this season, if they chose to, and they exercised the option over the summer. Mm. So he was not a free agent over the summer. So he was not available. He was available when uh, Indiana waived him, but uh, Orlando picked him up and they exercised the option. So he will be a free agent this upcoming office, just to let everybody know. When was he available again? He was available on Febu- in early February when Indiana waived him. Orlando yeah, so uh, for the rest of the season. So that was last year. That was last year. Last season, yes. And, yeah. and our centers last year were, <laughs> wasn't it Andre Drummond right around then? Uh, no, I think that was mm. Drummond. Was no, no, we, we went through the Damian Jones, Mo yes. Bamba. Yes. Uh, oh, when yes. Gabriel that was the That was during the Mo Bamba period. But again, Goga was waived uh, in, on, in early February by Indiana. He was picked up for the rest of the season with a club option for another season, which they exercised. And obviously they're reaping the benefits from right now. So, so, so they could have waived Mo Bamba early then instead. That's almost impossible to trade for a guy like that, though, you know, because he's not making anything. So, yes, yeah. What do you, you can't, you, I mean, seconds are about all you can throw at him. Yes. Well, enough of Gogo Batazzi for now, though. We'll see as far as it's concerned. Maybe give, this me, Daniel, give me Daniel Gafford. There you go. Uh, the oh, Lakers, Kelly Olenek, one of those two. Yes, they did. They let go of Bamba and Beasley anyways. Now Bamba is uh, getting replaced by Kenny Lofton Jr. in Philadelphia. But Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you joining us. We're going to head out a little early today, so go ahead and enjoy the Christmas festivities. But you know we're going to be back tomorrow on Christmas Day as the Boston Celtics and Los Angeles Lakers meet up. Around, was it 2 or 3 o'clock starting time in the Pacific? Uh, I think at 2. 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock, yeah. 2 o'clock Pacific. Death of the Grinch tomorrow. Death of the Grinch tomorrow. Death of the Grinch tomorrow. Anything green is going down. Magic Man, any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out, my friend? I can't say my friend too much because people just say I say my friend too much. So I can't have any friends. Yeah, angry loners tell you that, Gerald. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean Joe? (laughs) <laughs> oh i'm sorry did i say that out loud all right um, go ahead my friend yeah no just uh honestly gerald is just um thankful for the lakers fast break our steam pod father i mean put the put this together wrangled all of us together it's been a great experience so far hopefully we keep the train going down the tracks uh and we like tom said just destroy anything green tomorrow and that includes christmas cookies Christmas. other other than that happy holidays everybody happy holidays merry christmas everybody stay healthy stay healthy and happy absolutely happy christmas eve to everyone out there if you've already in christmas if you're a day ahead merry christmas to you and yours have the safest and happy holidays and we'll see you tomorrow on christmas day yeah, us, Christmas Day. We're not putting a lump of coal in your stocking. We're going to go ahead and give you a Christmas treat right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.